Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Wee wee, don't tell me you're at mountain lakes with all of your friends. Wee wee, don't tell me you're going to start talking about craft beer again. We're cracking wise on random craft beer news. Hanging out with brewers, owners, and monsters doing interviews. It's the wee wee shows, the wee wee shows, the wee wee shows, the wee wee shows. From the brew house stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington, this is Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer, live audience show and podcast. You know, Chris, a lot of folks don't know this, but I applied to Eastern Washington University back in the day and I wasn't accepted. Turns out they didn't like my college essay. To show my ability to handle adversity, I talked about the time I lived in the desert with a bunch of other guys named Dave, all dressed in metal armor. They didn't believe my story. I said, what? You don't believe I survived in the desert with 40 Daves and 40 nights? I'm Dave Basaraba, and here, as always, is your host, Chris Sindri! Well, thank you, Dave, and thank you, everybody. Uh, well, we are smack dab in the middle of American Craft Beer Week and what I like to call excuse number 32 to drink craft beer all week long. Woo! And, man, do we have a show for you tonight to celebrate such a wonderful week in craft beer. Yes, Eastern Washington University President David May. <laughs> and a no-lie brew house owner, John Bryant. <laughs> are our special guests tonight. They are both here to talk about their partnership in launching the new EW Craft Beer Industry Professional Certificate Program. And as always, I am joined by Dave Basaraba and also tonight, Chris Barton of Mountain Lakes Brewing Company. Woo! Well, Dave, what's the latest with Mountain Lakes Brewing and the Spokane craft beer scene? Well, a few things on the docket. We just released our collab at Precious Things and Iron Goat. It's the uh, Guild's multiplayer collab. It'll be on tap here next week with cans available. And then we did, we've got the Brewfest this weekend on Saturday. The, uh, yeah, the uh, Lilac Festival Brewfest happening on Saturday from noon to five. And then we've got a, a little collaboration going with Rival T Revival Tea, a Spokane Tea Company just down the street from us here. Uh, we're doing hopped tea collaboration with them, and, and we're helping them scale up. And so those cans will come out in a couple weeks in grocery stores throughout town. And that's a non-alc alternative, is that right? It will be yeah, fully non-alcoholic? Really, I'm really interested to find out. There's actually beverages out there with no alcohol in them, which that's, I was... Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was just water. Yeah, I thought water is, or beer, and yeah. sometimes wine, if, it, if that's all you yeah. have. Water's good for washing my feet. <laughs> you know, I think that's, you know, it's a pretty that's good about, thing. That's, that's about, about it. it. And for making beer. Water's and, good for right, making beer. Right, this is beer. true. About 95% of it, right, <laughs> is, is that. So I guess that does come into play. 
Anything else happening? Uh, Mr. Barton, anything to add on your end? If you don't know, Chris Barton uh, works here at uh, Mountain Lakes Brewing Company and is serving typically on Saturdays with Dave, and you'll find him also at a number of uh, festivals that are, are put on. He'll be pouring from the uh, jockey yeah. box. He'll be and, pouring from the jockey boxes yeah. on Saturday yeah. downtown here. At the Beer Fest. So Yes. Well, welcome to the show, Mr. Barton. It is great to have you. Well, to start to show off, we like to ask important people that work in the craft beer industry questions about what they do and how they do it. And it is called Not My Beer. Please welcome tonight's Not My Beer guest from Eastern Washington University, President David May, and from No Lie Brewhouse owner, John Bryant. Welcome, Dave and John. It is great to have you both on the show. Thank you. Great to be here. John, welcome back. Thank you. It's been a little bit. Maybe I missed you. Three weeks. Missed you, too. <laughs> of course, I just saw you in the beer hall the other day. So, uh, so uh, you both are here to talk about your partnership in launching the new craft beer industry professional certificate that begins next fall at EWU. But before we dig into those details, let's start with some general craft beer background uh, information. Dave, let's start with you. Um, are you a craft beer drinker, and do you have a favorite craft beer or any craft beer stories that you are kind of like inclined to tell us about? I, I'm going to leave that second part of the question for just a minute, Chris. Okay. All right. Sounds um, good. I'm a beer drinker. So, yes, I drink craft beer. I was actually driving down here, and I was thinking about the places I've been just in the last couple of weeks. Now, I've been traveling for work a lot, so this is not necessarily a representative amount of craft beer places I would have visited, but... I was down at No Lie not too long ago having dinner with a, with a two-star general, actually, who very much enjoyed your beer. Uh, I was at Iron Goat the other day. Perry Street is a great place to go because it's a quick and very straight, not weaving walk to get some pizza. Um, I was at Brick West, um, and then I was at River City in the last few weeks. So, oh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm definitely, definitely a craft Yeah, beer you drinker. are. That's pretty good, you know. Uh, and do you have a style? Do you gravitate to a certain style of uh, craft beer? I, I'm, I'm kind of an IPA guy, and I don't say that in a snobby way. There's, there's a lot of great different styles of beer out there, but something happened where my palate just kind of changed a few years ago, and I've really been drawn to hoppy, hoppy beers, and really the hoppier the better. Um, lower malt, higher hop. So. Yeah, definitely. And Anybody uh, relate to that? Any uh, people gravitate to the old hop beers over time, starting out with the Sierra Nevada and then eventually yes. working up to... A heady topper or something, right? Kind of melting your face. Uh, stories. Any? Yeah? Any craft beer stories? I, Do you want to wait till later? Yeah, I think it might wait till later. Okay, so got... you meant like not right after you answered the first part. It was. Well, uh, there's, there's a lot of craft beer stories that are kind of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. There are. Kind that of is true. Stories that, you know, that I, I see some of my coworkers in the room who might be involved in some of these stories. Right. And, you know, right. Names were changed to protect the innocent. That's kind true. Of you know, there's a saying at Eastern, and it's uh, what happens at Wild Bills stays at Wild Bills. True statement, Chris. That is a true statement. Well, that's good. So the craft beer industry professional certificate is housed in the Department of Wellness and Movement Sciences. A little shout out to the WAMS. Anybody out there? And it is under the uh, College of Health Science and Public Health, and we do have Dean Mann tonight, I see here, as well as Lori Morrow. 
Shirley, I think, is in the audience with Whams that share back there. Um, people are here. It's a 15-credit uh, program. It includes classes focused on the craft beer industry, diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, craft beer evaluation service, as well as the essentials of brewing. Here's a general question for both of you. Uh, uh, what do you find most exciting about the new craft beer industry professional certificate? All right, I'll, I'll go first then. I've been arm twisted into saying something again. Um, what, I, what I think is the most exciting thing about the craft beer certificate is the way it connects our students very closely and very intimately to the region. Um, we, we're Spokane's university. And so we are really proud of the fact that somewhere around 70 plus percent of our graduates actually stay here. They, they don't go to the East Coast. They don't go to the South. They stay here. And so as the craft brewing industry continues to evolve in Spokane, we want to be really built into that. We want to be part of it. And these kind of partnerships are what allow us to, to really serve our students who have an enormous interest in beer, yeah. <laughs> but also I... want to have a really meaningful career after they graduate. And so I, I find that, that idea of partnership and Eastern being involved in local businesses really, really exciting. I think it's awesome, and for a lot of ways, it's, it's hard to get a break sometimes, and it's hard to be connected, and a lot of people have different privileges or connections, and um, if you're breaking into the beer industry, say, 30 years ago, you had to know somebody, which personally, I did not, and you have to work your ass off really hard and get lucky breaks. The great thing about this program is you have some really intelligent, creative, imaginative students at Eastern, and you'll be able to recruit more of those types of students to Eastern that will get a break. They get a foothold. They get, with a commitment and a hard work ethic, they can do what anybody else does from any other university. My mom and dad got that break, which allowed me to get in the beer industry, and I think for all the Eagles out there, future Igs, this is a really great opportunity to be placed in a brewery anywhere in America. It's really an opportunity to just get your foot in the door, and the, the door's open. So... We create opportunities together, and it's up to that individual to see the opportunity. You're on equal footing with any, anybody else in America, no matter their wealth status, anything. It's, it's all about what, what you go do. Yeah. And that's a great place in life to be able to do. So with that, um, yeah, round of applause for that, for sure. So, John, uh, and, and you've mentioned this, you've, you've had a, uh, we've had some good publicity around the craft beer program uh, this, the past two weeks. Um, and so just remind us, because you've mentioned this before, what is it about EW that made you interested in helping launch uh, the new craft beer program? Uh, I, it's, it's near and dear. It's super personal, and it's, this is just the start of the whole thing. Um, my mom and dad came out of the Timberwoods in Mossy Rock. Dad played B8 football, gifted enough to be kind of fast. Coach put him on a train, did a trial at Washington State and uh, at Eastern. And the Eastern coach gave him a scholarship. <clears throat> and he turned it down at first because he was scared to death. <clears throat> and my grandmother, who's really ran our family, told me he had no choice. He was going to go back, and he was going to go to school, and he was going to stick it out, and he was going to be scared, and he was maybe going to fail, but he would never fail. And uh, that's always stuck with me, that perseverance and being scared is okay, and chaos is okay. But if it wasn't for Eastern to give my father a scholarship, who married my mother, had my brother while he was at Eastern, I wouldn't have had the breaks I had. So Eastern gave my family a break, and they've given everybody in this room to some degree a break. 
And I think we can make the most of it and do magical, creative things. So it's at a real super personal level to me. And let, let's hear it for grandmas, right? That just make you do things. That you, you're out of your comfort zone because we are a first-gen um, college. You know, we, we focus on that. And we got a lot of people that come here with a significant, immediately after the acceptance, you're probably already outside of your comfort zone, let alone the ability to get on a train to go to the university or get in that car or whatever it might be, right, to come here. So um, let's chat a little bit about partnerships. Um, how important are university and community partnerships, and in what way are those partnerships mu uh, mutually beneficial? They're crucial. They're absolutely crucial. It's really the bread and butter of what, of what Eastern needs to be doing and what we, what we do and what we need to increase. Um, like I said, we, we're, we're the regional university for this entire region, for all of Eastern Washington. And so for our students to find those meaningful careers, they have to be connected early to the communities that they're going to be embedded in. And, and, and I know we're going to be sending these students all over the country to amazing careers outside of Eastern Washington. But at the same time, if those students want to stay here, they're going to have those connections that, that you're talking about, John. They're going to have the connections that allow them to, to be here, to raise a family, to have a great career, to buy a house, to, and then to give back to the community that is giving them this kind of opportunity. And so the partnerships are incredibly beneficial to our students, first of all, but, I, but they're also beneficial to the community because we're educating people who are going to be here, who are going to give back. Uh, we all got here through partnerships and collaborations. Dave Basaraba, Chris yourself, um, really kind of gave birth to this thing, and, and I kind of jumped in at a certain point to your point, said, how do, we, how do we help? But if I would have known Dave and met you through a podcast, you know, who knows? And eventually, it would have happened, right? right. This it, podcast is bringing people together. <laughs> Amen. I mean, I mean, you know, if you have a deep faith in God or a faith or whatever you believe is a higher power, I do believe things move together. If you put enough out there, eventually some good happens. But with all that being said, I mean, none of us are here unless there's somebody who helped us along the way. Some mentor, somebody, some teacher, some whatever. But to your point, um, in the beer industry until the last 20 years, if you wanted to work for a brewery, you had to move somewhere. And to have a living wage job with benefits and to raise a family in Spokane or whatever you wanted to do. And now with this craft beer industry, be it you know, uh, Mount Lakes or pick your brewery, there's actually an opportunity. You can stay in your backyard. I mean, I I've moved around my, I'm kind of a little bit of an army brat in the beer business. And I raised, you know, my three kids, and we moved a lot of opportunities to keep building breweries mm -hmm. until we said we're going to come back to Spokane in 2012 and just go for it. But there wasn't a lot of opportunities to do that 20 years ago. And now there is an opportunity with a new flourishing trade to live in Spokane, you know, and, and reach your dreams. Mm -hmm. Be it as an entrepreneur doing your own thing or contribute, contributing in a really special way to an existing brewery. It's a special time. And, you know, 30 years ago for me, it was moving to Colorado or St. Louis or Milwaukee. Um, the rest of breweries were really all starting to go away. And so this kind of uh, new genesis of breweries around America is a pretty exciting time. Right. No, it's good. And you bring up uh, Dave Basaraba and Mountain Lakes, which is important because uh, for people that don't know, back in the day when uh, 2017, when uh, the idea of creating a craft beer class 
at Eastern Starden. I approached uh, uh, through Continuing Ed. We made a relationship, and then that's when I met Dave Basaraba for the very first time, was with John Neese in a building uh, at Eastern, and we sat down in a room and chatted, and I liked Dave right away, and he warmed up to me after about about a year. Three years. Three years. Yeah. I was like a lab, though. I'm like a lab. I like. I was like, come on, man, throw the ball, throw the ball. And yeah, he, was like, he, he threw the ball once for me, and I'm like, that's all you need, baby. It was the longest meeting I'd yeah. ever been in. No, I'm just kidding. No, I was, I was totally stoked. We, you know, this was just an idea still. Even though we had opened our doors, we were still like, this is still a proof of concept sort of brewery to us. Like, yeah, can we build a brand that people support? And, and then you came alongside, you're like, you know, this is really cool. We should probably educate bartenders so that we can educate drinkers and so that we can bring what craft beer is to more people. Uh, so, John, where are the areas of most need in the craft beer industry, and how important is uh, tourism um, in further developing Spokane as a craft beer city? We have this, this uh, discussion with our distributor. You kind of sometimes either believe or you don't believe. It's like a brand. You believe in being an eagle, or you, you believe in Noah, or you believe in Mount Lakes, you believe in craft brewing, or you don't. I mean, you get, kind of get to a place where you're tested in your life, where you either stand up and be accounted for, or you don't. And so, the city of Spokane has come a long way. Ten years ago, it was Spokanistan, Spokompton, Spokalhoma, Spokane doesn't suck, and all that complete bullshit. It's a great city. And I know one of the things we tried to pride ourselves in is to take some really great things to the city and put it into the light. Whatever it happens to be, whatever's special to you, the arts, music, beer, nonprofits, people who make this community special. And Spokane's on the move because it's got a lot of heart and it's got a lot of fabric, and we do have our challenges, but it's still a very special place. Tourism's incredible because we can promote all our breweries around the world to create Spokane as a special epicenter of craft brewing, and people will come here for a a brewing vacation. They're like, where the hell's Spokane, right? Or right. how do they pronounce it? We'll do it, it, pronunciation techniques on the plane as they land. <laughs> Welcome you know, to Spokane. Yeah. Gonzaga is a great brand. The Riverfront Park's a great brand. Craft Brewing is a great brand, which draws tourism to experience all those. Eastern is a great brand. They come in for the home football games. You know, that experience in the parking lot before you go in the stadium. I mean, all that stuff is really memorable and special. So tourism is super important, obviously. Go Eags. So I lost the question, but somewhere in the middle, it's a very special city. Yeah. Can I have another beer, please? Yeah. Uh, so Dave, the new craft beer program is focused and uh, centered around experiential education, community engagement, multidisciplinary learning. Um, as experiential education is growing, uh, a growing theme with EWU, can you tell us a little bit about the EXP movement um, that is happening at Eastern Washington University? Yeah, so some of you probably went to college and had an internship, and you may have had an internship that I like to call a CNC internship, coffee and copies, and that was what you learned at your internship, how to make coffee for the, for the company and where the copy machine was. And so the idea of experiential learning is to go way beyond that kind of idea. To have people actually in a classroom learning things and then in the industry actually applying those things, putting their hands on the, the thingamabobber that brews beer. A brew kettle? A brew kettle is what I meant to say. I thought you meant the brewer. <laughs> 
so it's, it's, it's really the idea of, of you're not just learning something, you're experiencing it. You're taking what you learn in a classroom, through a lecture, and you're applying that knowledge in a real-world real world situation. So, you know, in, in medicine they talk about see one, do one, teach one. And it's kind of that model where you're not, you're not just sitting in a classroom hearing about it, you're doing it. And then that allows you the next time to help somebody else do it better. And so it creates this sort of this circle, this cycle of learning that's really, really profound for students, not just as they're learning how to do it, but then beyond that, because that culture of not just passively accepting things, but going out and trying it. And maybe in that process, trying something a little bit different and seeing if it works. And if it does, maybe you found a new best practice. And if it doesn't, hey, at least you gave it a shot. And so that idea of, of taking learning out of the classroom and into the spaces where real, real world stuff happens. And what students are seeking, right? I mean, you just don't want to check a box and sit in a room and take notes from a PowerPoint. 100%. They, yeah. they, they want to apply what they're learning while they're learning it, not wait until 10 years after graduation to, right. to, get that, to get that experience. And that is the focus of the craft beer uh, program. It is a 15-credit program. Uh, there are uh, three main courses with it. One is called the uh, Overview of the Craft Beer Industry. It's RCLS 301. That course focuses on introducing people to the industry and all of the different components and jobs of it, as well as having a significant number of people from the craft beer community that are special guests and lecturers to come in, as well as visitations. Uh, where we visit uh, different brew houses, uh, different malt houses, different tap rooms, and even converse with farmers that are making an impact on craft beer in our region. Uh, there's then the essentials uh, or the uh, craft beer evaluation service class. What's neat about the program too is it is open to students that are 18 and older. So we have a craft 15, or a um, it's a uh, certificate that we get. It's called a class 15 certificate that allows 18 to 20 year olds to uh, taste beer while they're in the classroom. So if you're in the craft beer evaluation service class, you can take that. And that's the essence of beer, um, knowing the beer styles and also getting hands-on with draft line systems and systems management and so on. Uh, and then there's the Essentials of Brewing class, uh, which was uh, kind of our key component to the partnership with No Lie, is that they just purchased a one-barrel brew system that they're able to use for their one-off brews, but also that's what students will be brewing on, as well as being able to see the production on a level of their larger brew systems. And students will actually participate in brewing beer from the brewing of the beer through fermentation to the actual canning and packaging of beer in kegs to the service of the beer eventually, so kind of cool. Well, we rubbed off on John. Last time he was here, he saw our tiny little brew system, and he was right. like, I have to he have said. one. So, John, uh, No Lie is known for all the effort it puts into supporting the Spokane community. Can you tell us a little bit about the current initiatives that you are involved in at No Lie? You've got a, kind of a couple of cool ones going on right now. So, uh, community stuff we're doing? Yeah, yeah. What, what, you have some uh, neat initiatives going on right now, especially yeah. with uh, military. Yeah, one of our uh, lead brewers, uh, his family was Air Force. His father passed away when he was eight. And, um, he came to us the other day and just said this... Um, Fairchild Air Force Base uh, support crew uh, initiative supports families in Air Force bases all around the country that are overlooked for mental health issues, helping children just go to a ball game while mom or dad is deployed, or just extra tutoring abilities, things that we all take for granted off base. 
you ever been on base, it, you know, it is a different life for a lot of kids in the families. And um, they needed to raise $25,000 to get this initiative going so they could start releasing funds to get kids the things they need to do. Husbands, if, if their wives are deployed or, or op, uh, vice versa. So we're raising $25,000 the next two weeks to get this Fairchild Air Force Base family fund off the ground. We created a C uh, uh, K-135 tanker refueler shirt. Right. 100% of every penny of the uh, 25 bucks goes right to the base and right in this charity. And uh, bang. The cool thing about this is this was brought forward by one of our lead brewers whose dad was in the Air Force Base. It's meaningful to him. He teared up. If we can operate businesses or cultural brands or whatever we are, then we can give back. When it's meaningful to, to people that you care about within your own system, it's really amazing. And then when you reach out to the Air Force Base, the only reason we can sit here is because we're protected by men and women and families that give up a lot. And... Um, my close childhood friend still you know, in the military, and he always says, freedom isn't free. And you lose your life, or you lose your spouse, or you lose your family, or you lose everything. I mean, they, do, they sacrifice so much that we have no idea how to put that into perspective. It's just, you can't even put yourself in their shoes. So if we can do our brewing movement, can go to Fairchild Air Force Base that's right here in our backyard and do some outreach. For me, it's moving for our entire company to be a part of it. Um, it makes doing what we do sometimes worth it because it's like Dave knows we grind and we grind and we grind and um, we're in a blue collar trade. We're a, we are blue collar tradespeople. We're imaginative, we're creative, we hope to be intelligent enough, but we're not writing software even though a lot of people here could, right? No, that's awesome. I mean, No Lies Heart has always been Spokane and so we kind of follow in their footsteps being like, let's, let's keep the money here, let's keep it local. For sure. And we are agricultural. We are blue collar. People forget that when they're drinking a beer at the pub. Yeah, but also I agree with what John says is that um, like being blue collar, it doesn't mean that you're not well educated and that you're studied. It just means you probably enjoy the tangible, kinesthetic, tactile aspects of a job. And you like to, I always say at the university, you know, we need, we need, thinkers and we need doers but more than anything we need thinkers that do and doers that think and a lot of times we don't have that and so then when you can make that happen then you've got something right? whoever created that eastern new think campaign right. it's brilliant yeah i i pause i yeah. watched whoever did that is awesome yeah. i mean it really makes you stop and go to our spokane's university eastern you see that commercial if you haven't seen it you really should pull it up it's it's really a, a great talent yeah, that's, that's a guy by the name of Lance Kistler. He's absolutely amazing, and he's, he's the brains behind that. And it is, it is a really amazing branding campaign. Right. And, yeah, hats off to our, our Marcom and to, uh, you know, everything they've done for the Craft Beer Program. If you've probably seen it on social media, the Eric Gailey, who produced the amazing videos that we have, uh, Sam Busby and the work that he's done with Lance and Dave Meany. Um, you know, we've had um, Karin Apple, who's been uh, kind of central with our philanthropy. Lots of people behind the scene doing amazing things and, uh, you know, keeping Eastern kind of ahead of the game. Go Eags. Well, gentlemen, it has been wonderful talking with you about the new EW Craft Beer Industry Professional Certificate. However, we have also invited you here tonight to play a little game we're calling Beer Politics Meet the Politics of Beer. 
Yes, Dr. David May, you may hold a doctorate in political science, and Mr. John Bryant, you may be a leader in the craft beer industry, but how well do the two of you know how politics have affected beer over the years? I am very afraid right now. Okay, be afraid. Dave is going to read you three questions related to the politics of beer. If you can answer just two of the three questions successfully, uh, you'll win a prize for one of our audience members, free beer and a pint glass. All right, you got your tickets? Last three, three, five, three. Three, five, three. Oh, it's Jimmy. We're playing for Jimmy. Right. Say hi, Jimmy. Hi. Uh, Hi, Jimmy. All right. Well, this Hi, Jimmy. Is Jimmy. So this is Dave and John. This is the gentleman that you'll be playing for tonight. Gentlemen, are I'm you so ready sorry. to play? I'm going to ask this question one more time. Gentlemen, are you ready to play? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. All right. Here, here is your first question. Early American public houses slung brews while patrons debated the news of the day. As legend has it, in 1775, a young apprentice was sipping beer in a Boston pub when he overheard British soldiers discussing their next troop movement. He left the bar to relay the message to what now famous historical figure? Is his name Paul? Paul. Yeah, we're, we're going He with was a, revered. We're going to the silversmith named Paul Revere. Paul Revere. I... I think we split that one, didn't we? Yeah, that was good. They did. That was. Jimmy's feeling good. He's still drinking. Jimmy gave us the answer. You're you're you're, you're halfway there, Jimmy. He just so. whispered to his friend, though, if John Bryant loses this for me, I'm never going to the beer hall again. <laughs> well, whether the legend is true or not, no one can deny the importance the local pub played in early American and modern day politics. Just light a lantern in the church steeple to let me know how my next beer is coming. One if by land, two if by sea. Oh. Yeah. See, see how did there. You see how did there? Yeah. Yeah. Here is your second question. Two separate amendments have had more impact on the American craft beer industry than maybe any other political action ever taken. Name both of those amendments. No, it's, it's prohibition and the repeal of prohibition. Ah, there we go. Well, so can you name that? Do you know the number? Yeah. So prohibition, if I had a PhD in political 19th science. 19th and 21st. All right, what is it? 19th and 21st. So close, so close, so close. One, one, or one. What are the two biggest ages that are so important? 18, 18, and 21. There, there we go. go. Correct. Well done. Well done. I'm impressed. I, I can even talk about the Volstead Act if you want me to. <laughs> it's a great little bar down the street. Maybe later at the park inn. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Join us later for a discussion on the Volstead Act. Up at the park inn with some pizza and beer. That's right. You can drink Born and Raised or you can drink St. Helens. That's right. Yes, the 18th Amendment, the prohibition of liquor in 1919 until its repeal in 1933 through the 21st Amendment caused American breweries to go from around... Uh, what was it, 4,000 uh, to zero, technically, yeah, technically, to zero. And now we've built up to just over 9,000 craft breweries here in the United States. And, and technically, cool. Mountain Lakes, we've been operating since just after Prohibition, but we just didn't want to let the word out. We were just, we thought it might go backwards for a while. So we took our time kind of spreading the message. Just right. Really wanted to keep that humming your secret. 
You and uh, Shoddy. You used, yeah, yeah, used yeah. to hang out with yeah. Shoddy. And, used to hang out with the uh, Shoddy yeah, guys. And the, gold, the, and the Golden Age folks. Yeah. Yeah, those Golden Age people are crazy. <laughs> so I, I want to be clear, we're at 66%, right? You have won already. Which is also my college GPA. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> good. So there's hope for students out there at the end of the quarter right now. Good to know. Don't worry. You too can become a president of a university. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> It's really not that hard. So here is your third question. Of the following state liquor laws, which one is actually true? A, in Alaska, it is illegal to give beer to a moose. B, in Massachusetts, it is illegal to have a happy hour. Or C, in Washington state, it is illegal to destroy someone else's beer bottle or cask. Well, I know nobody wants a drunk moose. That's, oh, yeah. a, that's clearly true. This is true, right? But I don't know if it's a law. But in Alaska, they don't want you to give it to the moose because there's a limited supply up there. Fair point, Dave. Yeah, we can't be giving this away. All of them. All Jimmy of says them. all of them. Jimmy's saying all of them. Well, Jimmy is correct. <laughs> Yes, they all are true, and thank goodness for that. The last thing we need is a drunk moose at happy hour destroying everyone's beer bottles, right? Dave, Dave, how did John and Dave do on our quiz? John and Dave, three for three with a little bit of help from Jimmy. All right, a little bit. Jimmy. Congratulations, Jimmy, Dave, and John have won you a prize, free beer and a pint glass, and also... Also, our new sponsor of the podcast. Our new sponsor of the podcast. This is actually... Hammered Heroes. This was made by Adam Boyd from Garland Brewworks. It is a drinking game. Not only that, but Adam personally gave you two additional um, secret cards secret from cards. Adam and Clancy. That These cards do not exist in the original pack, but are available from the creators of the game. It is one of the hottest selling games on Amazon right now, and it was created by two brewers in Spokane, Washington. Boom. Well, John and David, it has been a true pleasure talking with you and learning more about the exciting things happening at Eastern and the EW Craft Beer Industry Professional Certificate. Thank you so much for joining us on Not My Beer. That wraps up the first part of our show. We'll now take a break and be back in a few with Dave, John, Chris, and Dave, and the audience contestant for a little game we're calling Old Beer. And Jimmy. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the brew house stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. This is Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer live audience show and podcast. I'm Dave Basaraba, and here, as always, is your host, Chris Sindrick! Hey, well, thank you, Dave. And now the game that tests your beer brain and your Wheat Wheat podcast loyalty. It's called Old Beer. We've asked an audience member to step up to the challenge. Hello and welcome. Tell us your name and just a little bit about yourself. Uh, hello, my name is David Bowman. I'm actually the Dean of the College of Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics at Eastern. That means that this guy is my boss. All right. And I'm actually a geologist, and a lot of people don't know this, but geology and craft beer are intimately linked. Okay, so tell us a little bit about how. how? We drink beer. Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot of it. A lot of it. All geologists? All geologists. It's is actually that, a well-known thing. Is that where the term... There are literally I, articles about it. Is that where the term, I got rocked, comes from? It might it actually might be. be. <laughs> right. Can we just talk about where our water comes from, though? Our water comes from an aquifer, which is a geological formation that provides us an amazing abundance of the same temperature all year long. The aquifer is the key to the beer. It's the beer's version of terroir. It's fantastic. It is. Nice. You combine the terroir of our water with the terroir of our grain that we buy all locally, with the hops that all come from Yakima, with the guys who drink it, which are just down the street from us. It's all good. Why would we ever leave Spokane? Never. Well, David, you're already winning, except we don't need another Dave on the stage right now. Three Daves! Yay. Only two Chris's. Only, yeah, two Chris's and one John. Oh, man, John, we need to get you a buddy. We definitely need more than one John up here. Get John a buddy. Well, here's what we're going to do at this point in the show. Dave is going to read you three beer-related trivia questions. If you can correctly answer two of the three beer trivia questions, you will be a winner, which tonight is free beer and a pint glass as well. Are you a board game player at all? I am. All right. Well, then we have another uh, gift for you of the um, Hammered Heroes. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so you can I thought I'd just get to keep my job, but since it's my boss reading the questions. Well, Dave's going to discuss oh, that after. Dave. Okay. Yeah, actually... <laughs> Um, you're fired, but you get a game. And I hear that here. all the time. Yeah, okay. So, so are you ready to play? I am. Well, so in keeping with the advantage of having a leader in the craft beer industry and a doctor of political science on our panel, we're going to ask you three questions related to George Washington and beer. Answer two of the three questions successfully, and you will win our prize, free beer and a pint glass. Are you ready to play? I am ready. All right, here is your first question. Although it is well known that George Washington loved his beer, Washington had another favorite beverage he would often drink. It was even used to toast the signing of the Declaration of Independence. What was this beverage? A, Madeira. Madeira is a fortified wine from Portugal that traveled well and many of the early colonists preferred. Was it B, hard cider? Cider was extremely plentiful and easy to make. That is until George started cutting down all the apple trees. He eventually admitted to cutting down a single cherry tree, but never confessed about the apple trees. Maybe that's where your one tree cider gets its name. 
or was it C, hard seltzer? George loved hard seltzers for their low calorie count, gender equity, and subtle fruity taste. Okay, so there's no way that George Washington liked hard seltzer, because, so, oh my God. So was it A, Madeira, a B, hard cider, or C, hard seltzer? And, and, and we know it couldn't be cider, because he chopped down all the trees. And, and since George was in the army, and Madeira was very important to the Brits, I'm going to go with Madeira. That is correct. Madeira was one of the most easily obtainable wines of the times and preferred by many of our founding fathers, including George. It is said, he is said to have enjoyed three to five glasses of Madeira every night. So cheers to you, George. I could be a founding father. Maybe he was a geologist as well, you know? Maybe. Here is your second question. David, what was Washington's favorite style of beer? Was it A, India Pale Ales? Yep, George was a hophead. He loved his IBUs. He even had a yellow lab named Lupulin. Or was it B, barrel-aged stouts? George loved his ABV as his proof by his enjoyment of Madeira. And he also loved wood as his proof by his cutting down of trees and his teeth. So why wouldn't he love beer aged in barrels made of wood? Or was it C, David? Porters. George favored the porters of the day, especially the porters brewed in Philadelphia. Is the answer A, India Pale Ales, B, barrel-aged stouts, or C, porters? I love my dog, Dave. You know my dog, Porter. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I know other people here that have dogs named Porter, and, and I think that's, a, that's a, a really good point. It can't be IPAs, I don't think, though, because that's a little bit later in the British Empire, so that's really the Indian Empire. Yep. Uh, I don't think it's that, and I, I, I think Porter has to be it. Yeah! All right. <laughs> David, you are correct. George did love his Philadelphia porters, especially those brewed by a particular brewer in that city named Robert Hare. George would often correspond with the brewer and request barrels of his porter be delivered and ready for his return to Mount Vernon. Unfortunately, the brewery was lost in a fire in 1790. Well, here is your third question. Many know that George Washington was our first homebrewing president, but who has the first... I'm sorry... But who was the first president to brew in the White House? Was it A, Jimmy Carter? In 1978, President Jimmy Carter signed into law a bill allowing homebrewing. So he kind of sparked this whole craft beer thing we got going on right now. Was it B, Barack Obama? In 2011, President Barack Obama bought himself a homebrew kit and had his staff brew up a beer that included a pound of honey collected from beehives on the South Lawn. Or was it C, Donald Trump? Trump tweeted, or Truth Social, quote, I spent a lot of money to have incredible men and women brew this amazing beer. Believe me, it's going to be huge. Everybody's talking about it. When yeah. asked what kind of beer it is, Trump responded, it's a Russian kafefe stout. <laughs> is the answer A, Jimmy Carter, B, Barack Obama, or C? Okay, it's not C. I'm just not even going to answer that, even if it is. Um, so, oh boy, that's interesting. I, uh, 
craft brewing seems like the kind of thing that Barack would do. But Jimmy Carter is a farmer. He's kind of a blue-collar guy. I'm going to go with Jimmy Carter. But peanuts have really no place in this. Oh, really? Peanuts have no place? But peanuts, so Barack Obama. Yeah. Wow. It was. Okay. I knew that totally. I was just playing the room. Yeah, you you were just checking. (laughs) You You are already a winner. It's all good. Well, if only the White House had been built in time for George to live and brew in it, crazy it took 43 more presidents to eventually make that happen. But do not fear. You can find both Obama's White House honey ale and George Washington's small beer recipes. On the interwebs? Yeah, on the interwebs. They're available. That's out there. I think, though, that uh, Donald Trump did brew in Mar-a-Lago. Remember that? It was like a... It was a um, I think he stewed. It was. It was, a, it was a, during a hurricane, he brewed it, and he made it with Jack Daniels. That's right. And it was called the Stormy Daniels Barrel Stout. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Four years of podcasting, and we're done. So, Dave, how did David do on our quiz? Three for three. It's a win. Thank you, guys. Congratulations. David, you are a winner. We'll now take a break and be back in a few with Dave, Chris, John, and Dave, and a little game we call Brewers and Presidents on Tap. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the brew house stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. This is Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer live audience show and podcast. I'm Dave Basaraba, and here as always is your host, Chris Sindri! Well, thank you, everybody. And now for a game we call Brewers and Presidents on Tap. Throughout the night, our audience members have had a chance to write down a question for one, a few, or all of our panelists. We've chosen a smackerel of them to ask our panel and tap into some of that brewer and owner knowledge. All right, this is a question to start off. This is to John, is what it says. Dear John... Oh, dear John Letter. I love those. What is the number one aspect of a craft brewery's success? Starting off with a hard hitter. People. Thank you very much. And we're out. And that's tonight. That's all you need to say. This is a question for Dr. May. Um, If EW was a beer, what would it be? 
Okay, so it starts out being local craft beer with quality ingredients from the region. Um, it's it's probably something like an apricot sour. No, wait, 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 wait. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. It's okay. I'll edit this out. I'll, I'll tell you why. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you why. It's he said porter. It is that was my other answer. Something like a porter. That was my other answer. Actually, my other answer was was a stout on nitro. But we'll get back to that. Yeah. So here's why I say apricot sour because it's forward looking. It's not for everybody, but if you get it, you get it. If you know, you know. Whoa! So let's ditch the Spokompton bullshit and let's get to Spokane. If you know, you, you know. know. That was great. So we don't even need to go to the stout because you kind of killed wow, that Wow, seriously. One. We did not have faith in you right. in the first sentence, no. but afterwards... Yeah. I, I, I want to thank everyone for their support. It was very meaningful. <laughs> you pulled that out. Yeah, it was good. Only that one of us has good. a doctorate up here. Yeah. Happens to be yeah. this guy. Yeah, that's why he has right. a doctorate, everybody. Here's a question. What separates good beer from great beer? So I'll default to the Charlie Papazian rule, which is all beer is good, right? It's all in like the beholder, what you appreciate, yeah, what you not, love. Because right? it's not wine. Right. We don't, we don't talk bad about other beer no matter what. That's Charlie's gig. And I, it's a good, good place to be. Yep. So what's the question? <laughs> what separates good beer from great beer? Oh. Uh, you have your hand up, sir. Could you like to yeah, talk? Yeah, I'm going to steal an answer from John. People. Beer is about community. Beer is about bringing people together. Beer is about sitting down and having great conversations and really connecting with, with the person you're across the table or next to at a bar. So I'm going to go with people. people. Yeah, Dude. The pub culture in a lot of countries is absolutely amazing, and to see that start to, to build in a community like Spokane is fun to watch, fun to be a part of, and there's beer involved. Uh, here's a, uh, this is a question on uh, how many breweries will be used for internships and externships with the craft beer program. So um, one of the things with um, the craft beer program is that um, with the support of No Lie, we were able to launch this, the, the craft beer certificate. And what uh, John and I and Dave have talked about considerably is this is a community movement that it is not an exclusivity kind of thing. We are, you know, it's, it started with having Mountain Lakes be involved, and then Yaya has been involved, and Link Malt has been involved, and we've had Todd Grove come and speak to our class, who, so if you don't know, Todd Grove was a head brewer at, at River City, yeah. and now is with David's Pizza, and is probably the most exciting person I've ever met who talks about beer. We, uh, we want other people to be connected with this program, too. We are currently making industry partnerships with other breweries so that they can support the craft beer program in many different ways, whether that be through time, through talent, or through treasure. And so that idea is being 
you want to come and uh, be a guest lecturer, we'd love to be uh, connected to you. Do you want to support practicums? We'd love to be connected with you. Do, would you like to be able to have uh, us come to your brewery to be able to hold a class and to do demonstrations and to do brewery tours? We want to be connected to you. So the hope is we eventually have 60 to 70 breweries all connected to the craft beer certificate so that people have places to go to. And when they do their practicums, um, we have homes for them. And that's already building. So um, the goal is, you know, infinite, right? We're just trying to create those relationships. All of them, Chuck. All of them. All of them. The answer is all of them. This is a question. Can I audit the craft beer class when it's time for beer tasting portion. No. <laughs> hey, 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 when you're, Dave, Dave, when you're a guest, you're not allowed to submit questions. <laughs> I will come up with another plan. Okay. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, here's a question related to the beer program. How many course hours of brewing and cellaring work will be a part of the certificate. So that's a good question. Uh, there is a uh, Essentials of Beer class, which is RCLS 407. That's where we cover the brewing process. Um, that's where you learn about beer ingredients and how to develop a recipe. Um, and then we actually brew at no lie, and so there'll be a uh, beer that is brewed, and then you'll, you'll follow it through the fermentation process and go through packaging. The, the true experience comes from the practicum. So part of the certificate program is a five-credit practicum that you can spread out uh, across the uh, program or take all at once. That's where we connect you with local breweries that you can then go. And if you're interested in cellar work, that's where your practicum should be. If you're a marketing major and you're interested in communication and social media and brand identity, then that's when you connect with a brewery and then you try to maybe take over their social media or do a media campaign. If you're a graphic artist, then we maybe have you connect with a, a brewery so that you can do beer can art um, and be able to integrate in that. So that's the kind of special piece of what this current certificate is. It's not all about becoming a brewer. It's about you understanding your skill sets and where you fit into the craft beer industry. And also, what are all the niches that exist that we don't even know about that you then go out and develop, and then we sing your praises because you come an, an entrepreneur in that realm of craft beer. Exactly right. If you go to any major brewery, 25% of the employees are brewing the beer. The other 75% of the business is... Everything else. Everything else. Hey, Chris or John, could you talk just for a second about diversity and social impact? Because I know that that's built into the certificate. And that's something that's really important for Eastern. I know it's really important for the, for the workforce of the future, of today. Right. So yeah. you could. Um, I can speak. John, do you want to mention a little bit about diversity within the craft beer world? Or do you want me to talk? You want to? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> um, so learning more about Eastern and, and talking to my folks as well is that uh, a lot of students at Eastern's, a lot of universities are on scholarship. They're first generation to attend college. Um, ethnicity uh, of the student body is, is, is very diverse and wide and broad and represents a lot of Eastern Washington. We did a class last week and we went around to 35 people and they raised their hand of where they're from and 90% were from Eastern Washington, 10, maybe 20 from Western. And it was just like, you have the power in your hands to recreate what you want to do in your life and with your family for the next generation. But it won't be easy all the time. And you might be the underdog, but you're highly intelligent. You have all the skill sets, and this is your break, and this is your avenue in, one of them. 
And it may not be beer, but it might be another trade. It might be another consumer products. But it gives you the avenue to be connected to a lot of people, which is in life sometimes what you need, the ability. If you have the commitment and you're driven and you can get some connections and it opens the world up. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then things begin to blossom. And I think a lot of this program that gets me very excited, I know with Dave and everybody here, is that ability to give somebody another opportunity to transform your generation of your family to the next over here. And uh, transformation is hard, and you will be the underdog, and you will be beaten down, and you will be told you're not good enough. But as you excel and you put points on the board, nobody can dispute that. And that's what is really powerful. That's good. You're here. Another question is, uh, how many years from the initiation of the program will the beer be available to the community? So if we're, if I'm understanding this, if we brew a beer, how soon will it be ready? Is that kind of what I'm getting? Which won't be years, it'll be literally weeks. Yeah, it should be weeks on yeah. most of those, unless it's um, some barrel-aged lager that yeah. you put away. So the, the idea of the program is that we have, um, during the essentials of a brewing class, you will brew a beer, um, with no lie. And depending upon the number of people that we have in the class, there's 25, we might be brewing a couple different beers. And I'll come over um, just for tasting. That's right. And then we watch it go through the fermentation process, and by the end of the class, it's actually being um, canned and then um, kegged. I've already talked with Eric um, Gailey, who's, uh, if you've seen the videos, he produced the videos for Eastern. Um, he's in graphic design, and one of the things we're talking about is having a competition with his graphic design students to design the label, maybe, that would go on that can. Yes. So that an Eastern student could then be featured on the label. Again, that multidisciplinary connection. Yes. And then, uh, just like Cougar Gold Cheese, we're going to have people be able to sign their little cans and, hey, I can this for you, and then, boom, it's going to go out to the public, and people are going to be able to drink that beer, and maybe it'll as John said, be entered into an international beer competition, right? Yeah, you what, what, I mean, what, wouldn't that be amazing if it came full circle and GAB, GABF recognizes a beer that was brewed with students from Eastern Washington and you know, we won't call it Cougar Gold. No, it'll be, no. It'll be a freaking Eagle Porter. Eagle yeah. Porter! Eagle Porter! Eagle! Eagle. eagle. Oh, it'll be Eagle Apricot Sour. Eagle Apricot Sour. My bad. Yeah. My bad. It's got a real ring to it. It's the people, Dave. <laughs> I, I, and I can't wait till we grow our, we, we brew our first festival beer, and it's, you know, it, it's going to be not a Maybach, it's going to be a Maybach. Oh. Yeah. We're going to have Dave it. Dave May. If, you're, drink, if Dave. you're not drinking Fashion Go right now, get yourself a pint. In the Maybach. <laughs> it may or may not Bach. Uh, how many more current EW students will you accept? Or, uh, yeah, how many more current? So uh, we haven't had registration start yet for the program. It actually starts on Monday. 
And so people have been contacting me for the past number of weeks uh, about the program. If you're a non-EW student, then I'm working with people uh, individually to get them to be able to enter the program. And then um, it's if you're a post-bac student, it's easy to come back and to apply and to uh, get into the program as a post-bac student. Uh, if you're a current student, it's really easy to kind of move into the program. It's and, a certificate uh, program, It's a correct? certificate program, yeah. yeah. So, so I did a similar certificate prior to opening Mountain Lakes at Portland State University. They were doing it. Business of craft beverage, similar thing, just to see, you know, if I really thought I loved what I thought I loved. And Yeah, this is, this is great. So anyone, this is for people with degrees, without degrees, anyone yeah. can apply. Well, what we're trying to do now is we're, tr we're getting a feel for how many people are interested in the program. So the, the goal is to actually build it and to have it to become something bigger. This is a starting point. But we want to be informed on what the public wants yes. and also to have uh, the council of the craft beer industry of Spokane to help advise us on to what do we need to do, what do classes look like for the future so that we're actually fulfilling a need, not just throwing out something that's, yeah, you know, that's... it got a certificate, but is it worth anything to the that's public? That's really cool. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, here we go. It's uh, who's your favorite dean? <laughs> David Bowman. I love all my children equally. Okay. They all have special and unique talents that I want to celebrate. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 people. How many deans are present right now? Can yeah. we get a whoop whoop? Yeah. Couple deans up there. there, I'm gonna, there you know, my, my favorite dean is Jimmy. Jimmy yeah, Dean. Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean. I like that. Give me some sausage. The sausage king of Chicago. All right, this is, uh, this is very formal. We had a Dear John letter. Now we have a Dear President May letter. Dear, Dear President May. My grades are not sufficient to graduate, <laughs> but would it be possible to somehow bend yeah, the fun. rules? I was stuck in the desert with 40 days and 40, 40 nights. nights. Can I get an extension on that final assignment? <laughs> Please. And is there any extra credit work I can do at the end of the quarter to bring my grade up? <laughs> I know there's only two weeks, but is it possible to raise a grade, right. an entire grade? <laughs> Did I really lose a point for not having a staple? <laughs> it is a staple. <laughs> These are all things we deal with. Dear President, yeah, dear President May, you are stuck on an island and only have access to one type of beer for the rest of your life. Which would it be? And don't say apricot sour. <laughs> For the love of God, don't say that. They probably could have brewed that, actually. That was, that was a subtle boom. I've, ne I've never felt more loved. <laughs> hey, welcome to the podcast, okay. Dave. This so, is my world. You know you're loved when we treat you like family. Now yeah. say what we fucking said to say. <laughs> yeah. Who likes Dave May? <laughs> All right. Raise your hand if so you so like Dave so May. So. Okay, so to review, I'm by myself. Rest of time. Yeah, or maybe Amelia Earhart's bones. Okay. No pressure. Yeah. It's the only beer you ever get to drink oh. ever, forever. Well, it's an imperial IPA because at that point you're also drinking for effect. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. He's got a good point. 
Good answer. Well, folks, it's closing time. Thank God. <laughs> it's American Craft Beer Week, everyone. I hope you get out and enjoy the great craft beer that can be found locally in all the most excellent breweries in Spokane and the Inland Northwest, not only this week, but throughout the year. And as far as things go with craft beer and Eastern Washington University, all I have to say is, it's a great day to be an eagle! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for tonight. Thank you. Thanks to our special guests, EWU President David May and No Lie owner John Bryant. Thanks to Dave Basarava and Chris Barton of Mountain Lakes Brewing Company. Thanks to our wonderful servers, Brian and Tom. And thanks to all of you for being here. I am Chris Sindrick. Good night and joy be to you all. Go Eags! Go Eags! Apricot sour, apricot sour. <laughs> I've never loved you. <laughs>